You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The weather's getting warmer, the birds are chirping, and spring football practices have returned. Valley. We'll talk about that in today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. I am your host here, Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB, contributor to AthlonSports.com. And coming up later this week, I've got a pretty big announcement that I'm very excited to share with you guys, listeners here of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. I want to remind you guys that today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll save 15% off your next order of the best tasting protein bars out there. Lots of stuff to get into in today's episode. Of course, as I mentioned, spring football practices once again return to Penn State for the first time in two years, really. We'll take a look at what's happening next for the Penn State basketball team. I will say that today's episode is being uh, recorded before the selections for Selection Sunday have been made. And of course, uh, after that, the selections for the NIT. So I don't have any official word on where Penn State could potentially be playing if they're playing at all. But we will be sure to react to that a little bit more on Tuesday episode. But we do have a couple of thoughts to pass on real quick about Penn State basketball closing up their run in the Big Ten tournament. And we'll take a look at some of the things that I'm paying attention to this year for spring football practices. Uh, we've gone over some of the topics, but I do want to kind of run down them one more time now that spring football practices are officially here. And later in the show, I do want to get into a story that kind of popped up regarding the Nebraska Cornhuskers and their schedule for this upcoming season. And I do want to tie it back to something that we could potentially see with Penn State as far as their scheduling is concerned. And also a quick note on one of the proposed rule changes for college football uh, that's going to be reviewed by the NCAA's Plain Rules Committee later next month. So lots of stuff to get into in today's episode. Before we do that, I want to make sure you are subscribed in your favorite podcasting app, whatever you're using to listen to us today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and then leave a rating and a review. Let us really know what you think about today's episode and the podcast in general. And of course, your feedback and your support really does help us with our placement across those various podcasting apps you may be checking out. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio.com, Stitcher Radio, you name it, we're on it. So make sure you follow us for free on whatever podcasting app you prefer. Take us with you, uh, download us on your computer, listen to us at home on your smart devices. Uh, Of course, leave those ratings and reviews that'll really help us out as we continue to grow the podcast across those various podcasting apps. You can also reach out to us at any time on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all using the username of LockedOnNittany. So give us a follow there, connect with us, send us your questions, send us your comments for our Twitter Tuesday episodes, and we'll make sure that they are included in not just the Tuesday episodes, but of course, any questions you have to bring to the table We'll work them in throughout the week as we record these things. But again, Tuesday is our t- dedicated episode for your Twitter questions. So send us your questions now. Lots of spring football questions probably on the mind. So get them in now. We'll address them in tomorrow's podcast. So last week, Penn State got a chance to play in the Big Ten men's basketball tournament a year after, of course, they just missed on the opportunity as things shut down, uh, basically on a whim. And this was good for this Penn State basketball program because obviously they've been through a lot over the last year. A lot of programs have, but Penn State in particular, due to a late coaching change just before the season and, of course, getting a chance to play some competitive basketball in a very competitive conference, uh, certainly built character along the way and they obviously had some close calls but this was not really the kind of season that it was a year ago for a variety of reasons and I think it was very much expected that Penn State was not going to be invited to the NCAA tournament and again I am recording this before the selection picks are made but 
feel very confident in suggesting that Penn State's not going to be in the tournament. Again, NIT, uh, I'll just have to wait and see. We'll react to anything that comes about on Tuesday's episode. But I do think that we saw some really good things from Penn State's basketball, uh, or the, at least the effort out of the Penn State basketball program. Uh, as I think as Dave Jones of uh, PennLive.com, the, the Patriot News, he, he kind of put it that this is a very hard-fighting uh, program. Things may not have gone their way many times over the course of the season, but they definitely didn't quit on the year. And that kind of is a character trait that I talked about with the football program last year, even when they were off to that 0-5 start. If you listen to the, my commentary on the podcast last season, I kind of made it clear that I felt as though Penn State wasn't packing things in. Things were not going very well at the start of the season, but they were a team that was not quitting on any game. Uh, really, every game that they played in that 0-5 start to the season – maybe with the exception of the Maryland game, they showed some really good fight. They always came back in the second half, made things competitive, um, maybe not so much against Iowa either, but uh, against Ohio State, against Indiana, against Nebraska. These were games where they lost, but they certainly had chances to win or you know put themselves in position to keep things far more competitive than it looked like they were going to be in the first half of games. And I think that that kind of translated to the men's basketball program in some capacity because uh, they knew that this is a weird season, a little bit of a wild card season. Uh, there were certainly some teams in this Big Ten Conference that were going to be very uh, much in a favorable spot to get into the NCAA tournament. Penn State was kind of kind of floating under the radar in many respects and obviously was back in the bottom half of the conference as the seeding for the Big Ten tournament showed. But it was a program that, that was going to make you play a little bit hard. They played some close games against some really good teams. Obviously, couldn't get enough of those games to go their way, but I do think that what we saw out of Penn State in the basketball season uh, was a program that still has something to prove, still has some room for improvement for sure, and is not kind of the, the doormat Big Ten program that maybe they have been in years past. I still think there's some promise here. I, you know, I've been pretty critical of Penn State basketball over the years, just from an outsider point of view, as I've said. Uh, I, you know, I don't follow the program as closely as some of you guys may, but I do think from, from my point of view, I, I feel like there's so much more that Penn State basketball can offer. And for whatever reason, they just haven't been able to tap that potential for you know, you know, budget reasons or <laughs> personnel reasons, whatever the case may be. It just hasn't been there. But I do think that what we've seen in more recent years is this is a program that is trying to build something. It may not be easy to do so, but I do think that they're in a position right now where they're going to be bringing in a new head coach. Don't know who that's going to be just yet, but there is a very good opportunity for some coach to come in here and take this program to the next step. I'm not saying win the Big Ten championship, but I am saying getting to the NCAA tournament more often than once every decade. And I've said that before. There's really no excuse for Penn State to be sitting at home from the NCAA tournament for nine out of 10 years. That's just inexcusable. That just cannot happen for this kind of program that has had so much success in other athletic uh, programs within its community. So I do think that, you know, Jim Ferry, uh, wish him all the best of luck. I don't think there's any chance he's going to be coming back as the head coach. Just my, just my personal opinion. But I do think that he did an admirable job given the situation. And I'm, I'll be curious to see where his next gig is. Uh, he did say that Penn State will absolutely play in the postseason if invited. Again, I'm recording this before the Selection Sunday picks are made. And, of course, the NIT picks after that. So uh, we'll see just exactly where they are getting an invite. Obviously, the NIT are bust for Penn State. And I do think that there's a 
decent chance they could be invited to the NIT. They might have to have some things uh, play out their way on the final day of the season. But again, this is a team that does deserve an opportunity to play some more college basketball as far as I'm concerned. Uh, beating Nebraska in that Big Ten opener, even though they got off to a little bit of a sluggish start, they did pull away. Uh, didn't cover the spread like I was picking, but they did uh, get the win. That's really all that's important. And then they took Wisconsin down to the wire. So I'll, I'll give a hats off to that. It's a, it's a good effort. They were up against it, obviously. <laughs> they were going to be a big underdog the rest of the way, even if they got by Wisconsin. But I do think that there is room for potential here for this Penn State basketball program. And it doesn't take a whole lot to take that next step. But you have to arrive the right head coach, and we'll see who that's going to be in due time. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is the unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED, and they can help maintain the extra confidence they need for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Process is very simple. Just sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. If you don't like swallowing pills, no problem here. Chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are also made in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from a little extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal right now for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay $5 to shipping. That's BlueChew.com. Use the promo code Locked On. You'll receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. The conference tournaments are all wrapped up. Now it is time for the big dance. And the best place to place your bets online is with Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all the college basketball tournament action coming your way starting this week. Bet Online will give you updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine this tournament season. And they've got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's totally free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device. Go to betonline.ag. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on top of whatever your first deposit is when you use the promo code Locked On. And what makes this promo even better than any other deal you're going to get on any other sports gambling website, it is a totally unlimited 50% bonus. So no matter what your first deposit is, they will throw in 50% on top of that into your account. That is free money, folks. Take advantage of that today and be ready for the first games of the tournament starting up later this week. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is here, and that means bracket challenges. Join our Locked On Listener Bracket Challenge group on ESPN. Submit your March Madness picks, beat your favorite hosts, and if you win, you will get a guest appearance on Locked On Today, our daily news podcast. The link to join us is in the show notes of this episode, so make sure you get your picks in today. Right now, let's shift gears back to the world of college football. And of course, Penn State is opening up their spring football practices beginning today. We're going to get our usual beginning of the spring practice season uh, 
conference call with James Franklin. So we'll get a chance to get some updates out of him and what he's looking forward to this spring. Of course, this is a big deal this year in particular because Penn State didn't get that spring practice regimen in last season. Everything shut down. Uh, Penn State shut down their campus and spring football was a non-factor last year for Penn State, which of course was pretty important, not just because they didn't get a chance to practice, but they also had a new offensive coordinator in Kirk Sharaka at the time that it really would have benefited having him go through the, the 15 spring practices, including a spring game, to really kind of uh, get things implemented more and get things more in sync with where the offense was supposed to be under his leadership. Now, of course, fast forward to this year, and we've got another new offensive coordinator coming in for Penn State and Mike Yurcich, a guy that I'm very excited to see work with this staff and this roster. I really feel a pretty good level of confidence in what he's going to be able to do. And it's not just because I feel like he's an upgraded offensive coordinator, but the fact that he is going to get that spring football practice under his belt, I really do think there is a tremendous value in getting a chance to go through these spring practices with your new coordinator, especially on offense. I think there's a lot of ingredients for this Penn State offense to be very competent going into the new year. I'm not saying that they're going to light off this, like the scoreboard on fire or anything like that, but I do think that uh, with a quarterback like Sean Clifford and the running back depth that I think that Penn State has on its on its uh, favor here, and of course I believe the, the continued growth at the wide receiver position as that really flourished as the season went along last year, not just the Honda Dodson, but guys like Parker Washington really stepping up. I feel like there's a lot of good potential here for this offense and the offensive line. I feel like we've said this before, but the offensive line could be a pretty good strength for Penn State in just about every matchup that they're going to have this year. Uh, so I really feel like Mike Yersuch has some really good ingredients. And I think the fact that he is going to get a chance to really work with this offense is going to be a big benefit for this team coming up later this year. If you haven't taken a look at Penn State's 2021 schedule this fall, or you need a reminder, it's a pretty challenging schedule. Uh, you, you're going to open up the season on the road against a very good Wisconsin team to start off the year. A couple weeks later, you're going to play Auburn at home. And again, maybe Auburn's not all that great, but it's still a pretty decent opponent on the non-conference schedule. And Penn State's also going to have to make road trips to Iowa, which is never easy. A road trip to Ohio State, which is very rarely easy for the Nittany Lions. And of course, you have games mixed in against teams like Maryland, who beat them last year pretty good. Michigan, who I think is always a pretty solid uh, opponent. Uh, you know, say what you will about Michigan, but I feel like Michigan, Maryland, those are teams that can give Penn State some problems if things don't go well. And of course, they also have a revenge situation against Indiana, uh, who I think is going to be a pretty good team once again this year. So this is a challenging schedule that Penn State has to prepare for. And I think getting a chance to go through a full spring practice, and I'm knocking on wood as I say that, I hope that it's going to be a full spring practice whether or not that includes a blue-white game at the end of it, just the fact that you get a chance to go through these practices uh, I think will be something that really pays off in the long run for Penn State. I don't think this is a team that starts the year off 0-5. I really don't. I, I don't think that that's possible. Uh, there could be a couple losses. Yeah, as you look at the schedule, there's certainly some games that they could lose, but I feel as though Penn State is in a much better situation at this point of the spring and the, on the calendar than they were a year ago when everything was shutting down. I really feel like that really threw a curveball at Penn State, and maybe they didn't handle it well. I don't know, but the fact is that's not going to be a problem this year, hopefully. So I do think that there's lots of reason for to be optimistic with Penn State as this spring opens up. And, you know, spring is a chance for everybody, everybody to feel optimistic about their program, about their roster, not just Penn State, but everybody. It's kind of like in baseball when you open up spring training, 
everybody has a reason to be optimistic. It's just good to be back in spring training and getting ready for a new year because everybody starts with a clean slate in a sense. And I feel the same way about spring football practices. I really do feel as though this is a time when yeah everybody gets a chance to wipe the slate clean. Uh, even programs that have had as much success as teams like Ohio State and Alabama, they're starting with clean slate. You know, mentally, at least that's the the preparedness that you go into. Because I think the uh, Penn State put out a video clip of James Franklin kind of uh, letting everybody know that nothing is earned or nothing is given. You have to go out and earn it. And of course, that led to earning a day off from the winter, <laughs> the winter conditioning. So I do think that this is a time when the competition is going to be pretty fierce for some positions. Okay, the wide receiver growth is going to be a storyline. Running back depth, I think, is still pretty good. There's a lot of competition for some of those spots on the defensive line. I think the secondary is going to be pretty good. Linebackers are pretty solid, but defensive line is the position I think is going to have the most competition to look forward to this year. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. But now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the absolute best. That's right, folks. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup features Toffee Almond coming off their first round upset win against Banana Nut Bread. They're taking on Mint Brownie, who got a bye week in the sweetest 16 rounds. I got to tell you, I don't think there's any way that Mint Brownie loses this game. They are moving on to the enticing eight as far as I'm concerned. But if you want to share your thoughts and you want to cash your vote, go to BuiltBar.com and cash your vote for today's matchup. And follow the bracket all along as they are on a quest to determine the absolute top flavor according to the fans at Built Bar. So go to BuiltBar.com or follow them on Twitter at Bar underscore Built, and you can follow all the action there as well. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, every team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and of course, leave those ratings, leave those reviews, and while you're at it, Make sure you are subscribed to Locked On Nittany Lines for continuing Penn State football commentary as well. So, all right, so I want to take a little bit of a look at a couple stories that caught my eye last week, uh, really because it has to do with scheduling. And I've talked before about the importance for Penn State as far as getting as many home games as possible. This has been an ongoing story, and it really makes sense given the current state of the pandemic that we are in and how much that impacted college finances over the course of the last year. So obviously when you have a stadium that is as large as Penn State's Beaver Stadium or some of the other large stadiums around the Big Ten and the SEC, it makes sense to make sure you want to get as many home games secured as you possibly can. Now, out in the western portion of the Big Ten Conference over last week, there was a little bit of a focus on Nebraska as there were some suggestions that they were trying to get out of a road game that was going to be played at Oklahoma this year. Obviously, when you look at some of the non-conference scheduling matchups around the Big Ten, getting a chance to see Nebraska and Oklahoma, at least from a historical point of view, it's great to see them reunite and revive their rivalry on the field. 
even if Nebraska was going to get the doors blown off of them, it was good to see programs like Nebraska and Oklahoma finding a way to play again. But given the impact of what we saw last year with all the finances and all the budget cuts and the budget reassessments that happened across the world of college football and college athletics as a whole, it makes sense for a school like Nebraska to look for ways to add an extra home game to their schedule if they can possibly find one. And unfortunately, one of the best ways to get a home game is by backing out of a road game. And the, Nebraska called a lot of heat for this. And I, I just don't know if it was managed poorly or if it was just executed sloppily. I don't know what the case was. But bottom line is Nebraska eventually came through and said they are not going to cancel their road game at Oklahoma. It's a part of a home-and-home home deal, first of all. But this is the first game of that series. And the reason I bring this up is because Penn State is probably in a similar situation as Nebraska as far as uh, being concerned about some of the finances, uh, the fact that they weren't able to have any fans in their 110,000-seat stadium last year. Yeah, that is a massive budget hit for Penn State, and I'm sure a lot of other programs feel the same way. Even with all the Big Ten revenue that is still coming in, they're still getting a lot of revenue. Uh, of course, uh, the revenue share is probably going to be impacted <laughs> as far as uh, how much money is going to be coming in compared to usual years. But the bottom line is, if you have seven home games and 110,000 110, people aren't able to attend those games, you're going to take a hit. And you know Nebraska is in a similar situation with a pretty large stadium, uh, not being able to have any fans at their games last year. So it makes sense. If you are thinking about uh, putting your own program and your athletic department and your own finances at the focus of what you can need to do to move forward, it makes sense to do everything you can to put yourself in a better financial situation if you can possibly manage to do so. It comes off looking a little shady, I think, for Nebraska because Nebraska has been struggling while Oklahoma is a perennial college football playoff contender. We get that. And Nebraska, I will say, tends to be an easy punching bag for a lot of people that are really ready to just criticize anything Nebraska does. Now, I understand some of the criticism that Nebraska would be taking for potentially backing out of a series or a road game at Oklahoma. It doesn't look great because of how good Oklahoma is and how much Nebraska has struggled to get on to the same level. But I don't think it's worth wasting a whole lot of time beating up on Nebraska for thinking about their own financial situation <laughs> because it's a pretty important one. You can't move forward unless you have finances secured. And even though Nebraska is going to be bringing in a lot of money through that Big Ten revenue share, it, it again, it looks worse than it really is. And I think a lot of schools are probably in that situation where they're exploring their options. And I honestly don't have a problem with that. And I, I do bring this up because we're going to be in a situation now where while stadiums may be opening up a little bit, certainly here in Pennsylvania, it looks as though Penn State is hoping to get some fans in the stadium. I don't know what the percentage is going to be by the time we get to the football season. But if it's where we are right now, we're talking about 20% capacity or 25%, whichever that number is, in the state of Pennsylvania as of right now, as the baseball seasons are going to get opened up. Uh, we're seeing fans return to NHL venues. Uh, the Sixers in Philadelphia have uh, started welcoming fans back for Sixers home games. So things are heading in a good direction. And obviously, Penn State's stance seems to be that they're going to hold off on any fans returning to games uh, this spring and really put that focus on the fall, hopefully that uh, everything is going in the same direction. But it would make sense where Penn State doesn't have that situation this year with their road schedule. All their non-conference games are going to be at home uh, against Auburn and Villanova and Ball State. So they're all going to be at home. So they're not in the same situation that a school like Nebraska might be. 
it would have been interesting last year because Penn State was going to play a game at Virginia Tech. You know, next year Penn State is scheduled to go to Auburn. There's a home and home with West Virginia coming up. So don't be surprised if we see some schedule tweaks between now and when those games are played. But you know, I, I do think that you know, I think a lot of people just like to take aim at Nebraska. So I'm here. I'm going to defend Nebraska for exploring the best options that they have available for them because. They can't worry about what other people think and what Oklahoma thinks. They have to worry about what Nebraska thinks first and foremost. So I get it. Now, thankfully, as uh, someone who likes to see these kind of games played, Nebraska is going to follow through with their game against Oklahoma and their home-and-home deal as currently contracted. So to me, I, I think it's a great thing. I think it does more uh, more for the interest of the game to have a game like Nebraska-Oklahoma played. But again, Nebraska's got to do what Nebraska has to do. And if Penn State were in that same situation, I would understand it. You know, it probably looks bad backing out of a game against a power conference opponent when you're probably going to secure a home game against San Jose State or Northern Illinois, although maybe Nebraska wants to stay away from Northern Illinois. But I do think that is a very understandable situation that a lot of people just kind of overlooked because they want to punch on Nebraska. I'm not here to pull punches on Nebraska. I, I think that it makes sense. What I do want to talk about real quickly, and then maybe we'll explore this a little bit more later this week, is some of the potential rule changes that could be coming to college football. Sort of touched on them previously, but wanted to point it out there one again. Just wanted to see what you guys think about it. Uh, overtime rules could be changing in college football. Right now, you have to go for two starting in the third overtime. Well, the NCA is uh, putting forth a motion to move that up to the second overtime. So you play your first overtime as it's currently been played. Once you get into that second overtime, rather than kick an extra point after a touchdown, you have to go for two. So it would just be bumping that up to the second overtime. And then beginning in the third overtime, rather than getting a possession starting the 25-yard line, they're proposing that you start alternating two-point conversion tries between teams until a winner can be determined. There's a good amount of time between now and when the NCAA playing rules oversight panel is going to have their next meeting to decide whether or not these proposals will become official rules. I believe the next meeting is scheduled for April 22nd. I think I jotted down. So I do think that there's going to be a lot of discussion and review on whether or not this is actually something that will benefit the game. I'd be curious to hear what you guys have to say. It doesn't really pop up all that often, to be honest with you. It's probably just a handful of games when you look at it, but we're obviously placing focus on player safety and anything that the NCAA can do to reduce how many plays are enacted in a particular game, I think is what the focus is going to be moving forward. So it would not shock me if this becomes an official rule change as early as this season. But let me know what you guys think. Is this something that even needs to be bothered with? I know some of you probably say it's not a big deal. Others will probably say it absolutely should happen. Or do you just want to go back to having ties in college football? You know, I don't know what the perfect solution here is. I don't know if there is a perfect solution. But let me know what you guys think about the possible changes to the overtime rules that could be happening as early as this year. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Hopefully we get your week started on the right foot. Tomorrow's podcast should be pretty fun because it will be our Twitter Tuesday episode. So get in your questions, get in your comments. We'll make sure to include them throughout tomorrow's episode. Best way to do that is follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany and tweet away because we'll check all the mentions before we go to hit the record for tomorrow's episode. Don't delay. Get your questions in now. Get your comments in now. We'll make sure to include them when we put together tomorrow's episode. Of course, you can also connect with us on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany, and give us a follow on Instagram, LockedOnNittany, over there as well. Of course, subscribe to the podcast and follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting app. It's totally free to do so. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
uh, Stitcher Radio, Radio.com, Amazon Music, whatever you're using to listen to the podcast, go ahead and give it a follow right now. And, of course, leave a rating and a review. Let us know what you think about the show. And it also helps us tremendously as we continue to improve our placement across those various podcasting apps. So whichever way you want to support us is greatly appreciated. I am Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Check out my college football content over on AthlonSports.com. I do have the five storylines to follow for Penn State spring football practices going up live very soon. If it's not already, I will share that link with you guys on our Twitter account on LockedOnNitty. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. I will talk to you guys all again tomorrow for our Twitter Tuesday episode. Have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you all later. Bye.